0: Hey there We're recording our 100th episode pretty soon And if you'd like to play a part in making that happen Maybe leave us a voicemail to say Happy Anniversary Or toss some questions for us to answer On our milestone Show Call up at 570-763-9231 That's 570 pod wad one Show us some love After all We love you for listening.
1: Y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, everybody. everybody. This is Y'all Heard.
0: Yeah, it's a podcast where me, Pete Phillips.
1: (laughs) And me, Marissa Phillips. Uh, you know...
0: To explain it, there's like a cacophony of noise in the world, and it stirs you deeply, but one sound comes through clearer than the rest. And it's a sound that arrests your mind and intrigues your heart. A sound in that other means words, something
1: it's like everything and you did <laughs> not know you needed to know. Like whatever Pete's going on about. I'm not letting it happen any longer. <laughs> Didn't you tease like, "Oh, I know what I'm going to say next time"? Last episode, did I dream that?
0: No, I did. That was it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. <laughs> it lived up to its to its hype. It annoyed me.
0: I didn't even get to finish it.
1: <laughs> Do you want me to let you finish? Uh, Listen, if you want if to, you to, want to hear the rest Patreon, of Patreon, yeah, <laughs> people finish it That's what without I was me in say. the room. Uh huh. Yep. I'm drinking, so who knows where this will
0: go. I'm drinking water, so I'll keep it on the rails, Marissa. Cool. How are you? I think I'm doing okay. I I was like, oh, there's something I could talk about, for the podcast that I did this week, and now I can't remember what it is. So, you know, just in general, doing all right, hanging in. The reason that I was delayed is cuz I have this new thing where my eyes just dry out, so <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm old, and underhydrated. I don't know.
1: It's not really old, under uh, dehydrated, possibly. Yeah. That's your. That's what you choose to say for how you are. That's. <laughs> uh, final sadly,
0: answer? sadly, it's, it's well, not my final answer.
1: He's not dying.
0: I'm deferring uh, to you. <laughs> uh, how are you, Marissa? I know you have <laughs> at least two things to talk about.
1: Uh, last weekend, I went to a. Party of cardiologists. Ooh, a cardi party. Who? Uh, at what is? Was clearly a millionaire's house. No one should really have a themed party unless unless it's like a costume themed party
0: uh-huh, or a holiday themed.
1: Yeah, it was themed to sing along. So I thought there was gonna be a karaoke <laughs> hour. No, there was just like elderly man singing what he considered oh, no. sing along songs. It didn't need to say that. Right. Yeah, keep it, a uh, dandy, it was singing like... of Like. My- I a lot of, like, Michael Bolton and, like, Hey Jude Beatles songs. Cool, yeah. It sounds like
0: an old white person that needs people to come over so they have an excuse to sing.
1: Yeah, and there were props. There were, like, light-up cowboy hats and, like, light-up necklaces. It was like, what does this have to do with anything? Oh, and then they have those, like, gigantic plastic microphones that echo when you sing into them, like I had when I was a little kid. That was fun.
0: But somebody... Like, okay, that's unacceptable for a millionaire because you should have a karaoke system, not these bullshit microphones. But also, 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 somebody was so excited when they were planning that party.
1: Yeah. They were like, this is a
0: great idea. (laughs) I can't see how anybody would have a problem with this.
1: If you're going to theme a party, it is not on the guest to sustain that theme. So if your party is sing-along, you should... Either the host should be starting to sing along, or there should be, like, throughout, or there should be a sing along time. I don't know if it was that the guests were supposed to take it upon themselves to be so overwhelmed with nostalgia for a song that they would just get up and sing. Yeah, there was no karaoke. By the spirit. Yeah, like, there was no, like, oh, it's karaoke time. It was just a regular party with weird props and a man singing the whole time. Nobody sang ever. Same man? Yeah. At the end, someone took out their. Someone who was not the owner of the house (laughs) started playing music on Spotify. Also, today I did Jury Duty. Two things. I probably shouldn't admit. No. I shouldn't be involved in anything where someone says it's really important that you don't tell anyone. But if there's no way for them to tell, I probably should. (laughs) But it wasn't like I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to tell everyone. But like. Moments later, I just tell my mom things by default and then I was like, Oh oops, what? Am I in contempt? <laughs> I'm not a juror. I was I was thrown out. No, I wasn't thrown out. I was like, you know, like, go home, we don't need you. It was It's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is not honestly this is not a story for like more assertive people, but for uh, me Did you did you tell us
0: the thing that you weren't sure about telling us about?
1: Oh, should I admit that I was just saying court details to my mother? Oh. I don't yeah, know. No
0: problem. She's a trusted Whatever. resource.
1: Yeah. She won't uh, repeat it. <laughs> well, um, I was going to say... Um, oh, yeah. What I'm about to say is not that interesting if you're like an assertive person, but I was online... Mind you, when I say an employee, I don't mean the person in charge of the metal detector. But uh, you have to go over the metal detector before you go to a courthouse. And there was this lady. She was up my ass. She was like when there's a car driving, ne- like, right sew up your ass, like, I felt like she was a car, and I was a car.
0: I felt like we were cars.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> car. and I was like, why is she so close to me? And then, like, I couldn't walk through the metal detector, and she was like, go, 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 go! And then I turned around, and I was like, will you come out down? And then she, like, shut up. Yeah. But then I guess I wasn't getting my bag fast enough, and she was like, just take it! And I was like, what the Fuck. And so basically, me and a lady had like one of those like low key, like just like low key verbal, mild confrontations. But normally, I just let people be bitches to me. So
0: she probably like lost custody of her children because you were holding her up and she missed. Yeah, you
1: know what, bitch? Be (laughs) on time. I don't fucking care. That's not on me. Because you don't have to be a fuckhead anyway
0: a lot of people and I feel, feel like, like they do have to be fuckheads though
1: so. <laughs> i feel like no i don't feel like she was going to lose custody of her kids i feel like then she would be frazzled she just seemed like a bitch and you know what yeah. maybe she should have looked
0: no i was gonna say do you think she worked there
1: no i think she did work there because well, it then was there should the be employee...
0: an employee entrance, because... Yeah, it was an
1: employee entrance, and only jurors and, I think, employees go in. No. So I think she was a fucking bitch who was late for work. Like, I don't fucking care. Anyway. And also, I wasn't being slow. She wanted me to, like, barrel through and... You're probably, like, people.
0: the tenth person that just didn't move as fast as she wanted to.
1: No, she was behind me the whole time.
0: <laughs> no, I know, I know. But, like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. imagine you work there, and your boss is always, like man you're always two minutes late and you're like it's just two minutes boss it's not a big deal and they're like yeah well it's a big deal to me you should get your ass here on time you know what
1: get your life together don't yeah. take it out on the person in front of you just because she's shorter than you and looks you, like a child you
0: straight up win because my coworker did didn't come to work this week yet so <laughs> uh, that's my week I didn't come up with anything fun or interesting since then
1: Which is a shame, because
0: I was like, that'll make good podcast fodder. I did return to the gym yesterday. That was something that I'm like, yeah, look at me.
1: That's cool. I haven't gone to the gym forever. And in order to cancel my membership, I have to be there in person. And I'm not going to be there in person, so I'm going to pay forever.
0: I hadn't been there either. And I came in, and it's like they didn't even know who I was.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And You feel shame?
0: And I'm like, all right. Only one guy was like, "Where have you been?" And it's like a fellow member of at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) And like, when you go to the gym at the same time all the time, yeah, this guy was just like, "Where have you been?" And I told him I was like, "Well,
1: just so you're being missed."
0: First month I was traveling. Second month I got hurt. Third month I was just like, "I'm feeling great. Not going to the gym. I'm not going back." Did
1: you tell them that? Yeah. I'm like your honesty. didn't have an icebreaker but now i have a question i just want to ask you but i feel like it's a bit of a conversation can i have the icebreaker well
0: we'll see if i think it is unsatisfactory i will ask you a follow-up
1: yeah probably not this is more just a conversation this isn't really an icebreaker anyway i probably shouldn't repeat this also i was at someone's house yesterday and they got a, or i don't know someday i'm getting drunk everyone uh and they got a text message it's
0: five o'clock in the afternoon guys
1: I was at jury duty.
0: Yeah, she deserved. Just
1: drink <laughs> cider. I have two ciders and that's it, and I have a very low alcohol tolerance. Someone got a text and they read it and it was a guy texting them like <laughs> a girl was like If I called you daddy, would you find that creepy yes. or sexy? No, that's not the question. <laughs> My question is <laughs> Are there different variations? of the word dad and daddy that are creepier or less creepy in a sexual setting. Like I said, Yeah, feel that there's I gonna be them, a scale.
0: Like, but at the same time. None like of them if someone's be used. like
1: I poppy, isn't that like less creepy than like not to me. But then is it like the creepiest like You know what? Oh. Here's
0: the problem with I poppy. I've met yeah. a guy who prefers to go by the, like prefers like introduce hello my name is rod but you should call me poppy not you can call me poppy okay, that's weird. you should call me <laughs> wait, poppy. wait wait does
1: and he want to be called, like hispanic or does he want to be called p-o-p-p-y i don't
0: i don't like it's definitely coming from the meaning, the Hispanic meaning for the word.
1: Okay, so that's but like, dad. But yeah. is this
0: like a power move where he's like, now I'm, I'm like, you're my sub because I made you call me Poppy.
1: <laughs>
0: like, what's <laughs> going no, on with this? Uh,
1: Hispanic people just say Poppy is like a friendly thing.
0: Then it shouldn't. Okay. be In the middle of coitus.
1: <laughs> I mean, so okay. <laughs> Other side of the coin. Is there anyone that is creepier than saying, "Oh yeah, dad." Because <laughs> if you take the e, like oh yeah, daddy, whatever you just go, oh yeah, dad.
0: Yes, so Papa. the person,
1: you're. <laughs> yes, yeah, <is> Papa. Creepier. <laughs> 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 oh, Papa. I still find that dad is the creepiest.
0: Here's, he, and I'm only going to say this because it's hilarious as I'm listening to it in my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh yeah, do that, grandfather. <laughs>
1: Okay, okay.
0: Like the very it formal is, grandfather. Like no grandfather. You have to hit the D and all the all the phonetics.
1: I agree. But I feel like that's deviating a little bit. I feel like it has to be a dad-centric conversation.
0: Yeah, if you're staying with uh first line of blood relative. <laughs> dad,
1: yeah. Yeah, so personally I find dad the creepiest and Bobby the least creepy. Okay, there we go. Which is the creepiest version of <laughs> father in bed, and which is the least creepy?
0: Harder, Tadio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, is I'm to have to go with
0: Tadio being the least creepy because and, it's so dumb okay. <laughs> and like,
1: like. Okay, what's the most?
0: That's going to generate laughter. Uh, what? dad? It Daddy. can't be grandfather.
1: Father. Papa, papi, father, dad. <laughs> Daddy. Guys,
0: I really like this. mon père. <laughs> <laughs> is that a dad? That's, that's, that's the creepiest. That's dad in French.
1: And it also be my pop, father. So that's what you choose. That's
0: no, that's the creepiest. Um, I'm torn between father and daddy. Yeah. But I think I'm going to go with so dad. father.
1: Father is like deep shit. Yeah, dad that is that just, dad is like a like a really yeah. Father seems like you you went through some shit. Dad <laughs> just seems like ew.
0: And of course I. I hope that we are all under the impression that we are more likely to hear daddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you like to say dad, father, papa, or papi, uh, during coitus, <laughs> sorry to my dear.
0: Let's, uh, go in the other direction too, you know? Like sometimes, hey, hey mama.
1: <laughs> Ew. If anyone call me any variation of mom in bed, no, it'd be over. Not even like Mommy. But like in the Hispanic way, I meant M-A-M-Y, not M-O-M-M-Y. Speaking of weird.
0: <laughs> that was weird.
1: So I had a topic and then I didn't like it. So I decided to cho- uh, to change it like an hour before we started recording. And I was Googling questions to see which one, like actual questions I had in my, in my mind. So today's Google was, why do poets talk like that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering poetry in my class right now. This is great timing.
1: Me and Pete, if you uh, you know, listening from the beginning, you might remember, we both went to grad school for writing, creative writing, and in that program we met a lot of poets. I will not out anyone, uh, but there was a well-known poet in the program who talked in what I would describe as like elevated William Shatner voice, and generally, I think a lot of poets. I said poets, yep. Poets use a similar voice, and thankfully the internet agrees with me, and people just generally call it, like, poet voice. Do you know what I mean when I say poet voice?
0: No, I would love to hear an example.
1: (laughs) You know! You're just pretending, right? I was gonna do an example, though. But instead of playing a recording, uh, to do this, I'm going to read one stanza of a poem I like in my normal voice. And mind you, my normal voice it's not necessarily my speaking voice, but I'm going to read this poem the way it's punctuated, uh, and then I'm going to read it in the poem, po- uh, in the poet's voice that I've come, become familiar with. Okay, I'm going to read a stanza of "A Dream Within a Dream" by Edgar Allan Poe, a poem I like very much. This is in my voice. My okay. voice. Take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow. You are not wrong who deem that my days have been a dream, yet if hope has flown away in a night or in a day, in a vision or a none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I will now read the same (laughs) stanza in the poet's voice that I have come to. Why are you
0: snapping? Can't you just clap like normal people? Take
1: this kiss upon the brow and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow: You are not wrong, Houdin, that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within, within a dream. A dream. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I would say there are variations of the poet voice. The person I'm even thinking of might have, in, you know, like punctuated that differently. But basically.
0: <laughs> I love that you picked this as a topic.
1: <laughs> I, I would think that everyone who listens, even if they're not a writer, has heard the poet's voice at least. Right one time in their life. I'm interested
0: to see what you come up with, because my hypothesis is that if people went for formal performance training, they would lose this cliche presentation voice.
1: Again, I'm tipsy. (laughs) So let's see how well I present what I learned about. Okay. So, by the way, a lot of what I am talking about is from the article The Linguistics Behind the Insufferably Annoying Poet Voice by Matt uh from Mashable.com. Uh, it starts out with a quote from him. Uh, when I was in grad school, I'd meet my thesis advisor, Catherine, on Tuesday nights at a cafe on New York's Upper West Side. We'd sit together at a small table where she'd have me read my fresh, newly written poems out loud. It was an exercise to hear how the poems sounded, a way to help pinpoint any hiccups in the rhythm, line breaks, and so on. One particular night, I started reading, reading It's also where poem. we fell
0: in love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I only got through two lines of my poem before Catherine stopped me. Don't read it like it's a poem, she said. Read it like you're talking to me. In other words, read it like a human. <laughs> Without realizing it, I had been talking in, quote, poet voice. That affected, lofty, even robotic voice that many poets use when reading their work out loud. It could range from slightly dramatic dramatic to insufferably performative. It's got so much forced inflection and unnecessary pausing that the musicality disappears into academic lilting. It's rampant in the poetry community like a virus. In another uh, article, Stop Using Poet Voice by Rich Smith, uh, he describes it as, okay, it's as if some point between the last breath of banter... That a poet has before they start reading. And the first breath of a poem. A fairy has. As a fairy has twinkled by. And dumped onto the poet's tongue. A bag of magical dust. Which for some reason. Forces the poet to adopt a precious. Lilting cadence. To end every other line on a down note. And to introduce. Pauses. Within sentences. Where Pauses. Need not go. So, if you did pay attention to me reading that poem, I definitely put extra pauses in my poet voice version.
0: Stop and criticize that writer a bit for introducing the idea of a fairy at all.
1: Yeah, I don't know why it
0: really just complicates the whole scenario. I know. I know.
1: Um,
0: I need to believe in fairies to accept the premise. Do
1: you not believe in fairies?
0: That's for a different episode.
1: Yes, in another episode where I talk about why we should all believe in fairies yes. uh, Often poet voice may be unintentional So the question is Is there some subconscious reasons poets are prone to the contrived poet voice? The answer may lie in linguistics Linguist Deborah Tannen at Georgetown University says she thinks this might happen subconsciously because it helps the reader to frame their work as poetry in linguistics framing signals what you think you're doing when you say something or your relationship to the words and the people you are saying them to we might sim- we might read poems this way consciously or subconsciously simply because other poets do the same thing right we learn indirectly this is what a poem should sound like you want to sound like your peer group and you want to sound like a person you identify with should sound. So, all of that I don't think is that much of a surprise. And what I'm about to say isn't like mind blowing either, but it brings up an interesting point. Some people say that this poses a social dilemma. Poets span race, gender, class, and sexuality. And uh, there's no singular brand of poet that one could, uh, you know, across the board. Poet voice. Oh, uh, Lisa Marie Basil in some Huffington Post op-ed, had this to say. Poet voice, if nothing else, is simply a regurgitation of someone else's massive failings. It appealed to the literate masses, and it crept up into our classrooms and bookstores and communities, like texts, ideas, and expectations of white male power. It is not questioned enough, <laughs> and it should be questioned with exigency. I don't know the word of
0: hand. But- I'm actually... it. It's funny that you just brought that up because in my head I was thinking of a video that I show my class uh, where a woman is doing it. Every time someone performs a poem, I feel mm-hmm. like I caught them jerking off. Like, <laughs> Like, I feel bad in my my, like I shouldn't be seeing this you shouldn't be like doing this in a place that I saw you doing it like this is all just like so uncomfortable for all of us but you won't stop
1: (laughs) I actually agree 100% with Pete minus the fact that I don't actually equate it with masturbation however (laughs) I also feel wildly uncomfortable when I hear poet voice in many ways according to her poet voice then becomes a class issue the pretentious becomes mm-hmm. holier than thou and therefore misguidedly empowering. It says, I am not for you. I am a performance. I am better than. Um, and other people who kind of like study and look into this topic are, you know, prone to agree. Uh, in a 2014 essay called Poet Voice and Flock Mentality. Oh, wait, this is the exact same lady. I'm reading two <laughs> separate articles, not really. They both quoted the exact same lady. Uh-huh. Well, let's keep talking about Bazille. Uh, She just generally connects it with an overall lack of diversity in the field. And also, even if there is diversity, there's a fear of breaking the mold. Um, The consistent use of it, she says, delivers two messages. I am educated. I am taught. I am part of a group. But also that I am afraid to tell my own story in my own voice. I think that that is very accurate. I think there's like a fear to like diverge from like
0: which I think the, is fully acceptable for a new poet but yeah. for someone who's actually you know established and getting up in front of people and have been doing this for a while or yeah you know then it seems like why don't you just be you
1: <laughs> exactly um now there are some li- linguists who actually like broke these things down and like Studied and like compared poet voice, to, like regular speakers and all that, but overall, there's been no like grand study. Um, but basically, there is through the studies, they feel that there is pressure to lean into certain aspects of poet voice, like they said, to sort of like feel like the dominant group, um, and that people fall into poet voice in order to find success. In a landscape, once again, we bring up dominated by white men. Uh, Female poets, as an overgeneralization, are getting less expressive. Uh, But this doesn't tend to happen on the male side. Um, Some of the most successful younger African-American female poets are the least expressive. Now, here's something to mention. At first glance, I would think that poet voice is, like, exceptionally expressive because, like, people get, like, loud and scream at some points and, like, pause for dramatic effect. However, one of the linguists doing studies pointed out that it's actually incredibly, like, unexpressive because that cadence becomes very repetitious. Like, I was just winging poet voice when I was reading that, the stanza of a poem, but I felt like I just, like, subconsciously from hearing it like knew where to pause i knew where poet voice would pause like in the middle of a sentence generally and then they would like drop their voice at the end of a sentence so basically it's like almost like feigned expressiveness like a sort of like pattern repetitive uh expression so it's like a cop-out kind of
0: um you know Let's talk about our old friend Lil Nas X, right? He shows up on the scene and he goes, here's my new country song. And they're Mm -hmm. like, that's not country music. Because it doesn't sound like country music that we have heard before. So I think in some ways, yeah, people are like, I have to do it this way. Otherwise, I won't be accepted in the community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: I feel like, too, there's also a bit of a diversion between poetry as a performance and poetry as the written word. And so sometimes, too, I think, oh, if I was just reading this myself, I wouldn't be putting the inflection where this person is putting it. And so I might like it more if I read it myself (laughs) than if this person overperformed the ideas that they're trying to put in. And if they need to perform it in order for me to understand it the way that they wanted me to, then I think your poem isn't as good as you think it is because it should be able to survive on the page, too.
1: I absolutely agree. I feel like, I feel like if that's the case, it should be called performance art, not necessarily yeah. poetry. I personally don't really like poetry readings. Um My favorite poems, like, not to be cliche, but Edgar Allan Poe, I think, has really nice poems. And also, I think I sent one to Pete, what was it, St. Edna Vincent Millay. She has a lot of, like, really, like, like, really melancholy poems. And I feel like if someone was, like, reading them like William Shatner, I would hate them. So, yeah, I, I think that's 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 totally the case it needs to be able to stand on its own but i feel like a lot of people are putting too much emphasis on performing it like everyone else so basically what sorry
0: it's just how uncomfortable it makes me when i think of someone doing it i have to giggle because like it does it makes me so uncomfortable yeah, I want to
1: leave the room.
0: Like, put your clothes on, or is it like, like there's like. Yeah, just, you know like, what?
1: I, I just
0: immediately think of like somebody in such a vulnerable state. Like, yeah. I walked in on somebody. This is a better one, maybe. I walked in on somebody dancing their heart out, and <laughs> they turn around and see me, and they're like, oh, "I, yeah, like, I didn't mean for anybody to see this."
1: <laughs> I agree. Or even naked, I'd say, jerking off, despite how rosy I am. Never went there, but naked. I see, like, the poets strip themselves naked. And I'm like, ew, you didn't need to do that. (laughs) Why don't you just tell me with your clothes on? Like, you expected that's what I wanted, but, like, ew. I really
0: want to go to a poetry reading with you now. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Nobody told you to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, Man, I took a poetry class in college. And in order to pass, I had to perform at, I think, three poetry readings. I maybe
0: want to die. Uh, anyway. Somebody teaches uh, another section requires that. And I was like, I can't do that to these kids. They signed up to take this class because they don't want to take the performance classes, like guitar or acting. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to yeah. make them perform.
1: And then, like, our class ended with, like, a class show. Ugh, it was so fucking bad. Anyway. Um... By the end, I stopped citing my sources, so I don't know where this ends. But All right. one of the many articles. <laughs> basically, obviously, I kind of said this already, but basically said that, like I said, the poet voice is a forced sort of self-expression, uh, and that a poet should consider why they're using a certain voice. That being said, myself and these articles don't say that you need to read a poem like you talk, there is absolutely place for, like, anu- like dramatic, you know, like, enunciation and loud voices and, like, pauses here and there. But, like, know why you're doing it. Like, yeah. do things with intent and with, like, self-awareness. Don't do it because you think that's what people expect of you. Like, make sure it's actually enhancing the words you wrote. And just basically... People should try to bring more diversity into the craft instead of just being like old white dudes. So yeah, I really hope everyone listening at least has some example of of poetry voice, or else you probably stop listening because why would you <laughs> listen to this? But I I did think that at least most person most person what most people have heard the cliche like over dramatic way someone reads a poem. I never wanted to be a poet, but um. I took creative writing in undergrad, where I had to write screenwriting, poetry, and fiction writing. And my teacher actually told me my poems were the best. Because, like, there's no fucking way I would survive in the poetry scene. Like, no way. I hate everyone. I hate writers. Um, oh, by the way, also, I think I might have told you, Pete, I don't know. But this party I went to full of cardiology doctors. One person found out I was a writer and would introduce me to everyone as, oh, this is Mercy, she's a writer. Oh, Mercy, did you find someone to write about yet? Like, I just, I just, I hate all the, ex- I hate all of the stereotypes that go along with being a writer. And I yeah. super mega hate all the stereotypes that go around with being a poet. And you know what? I believe the stereotypes. <laughs> I am prejudiced against poets. So, yeah, I, I never would have made it in the poetry world.
0: At the same time, as somebody who has to teach poetry in the class that he teaches, I come at it with the same perspective as Marissa. And so I have to admit, I'm not as compelling when I talk about poetry. Uh, So sometimes it helps to bring in one of these ringers, like a (laughs) poet, to sort of light the students up a little bit. Because I'm just like, here's the thing, we're going to go through it, and pretty much whatever you do is going to be right, okay? Let's just kind of go through this.
1: I, all of my poems were comedy, and if I had a different teacher other than Bernie, I don't know whether we would have appreciated them. They were just melodic jokes. They were just I me never... adding a cadence to jokes I was telling. Okay. If we haven't mentioned it already, me and P were absolutely the black sheep of our creative writing program. We hated everyone. We hated the program. We hated <laughs> talking about writing, and we both talked we about built really sexy sexualized topics in our thesis. What?
0: We built a fence around us.
1: <laughs> yeah, we absolutely built a fence around us. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never met writers that hate writers so much as me and Anyway. Any questions?
0: There was um, – I feel like I have to add to that. Like, Marissa has a job that says writer. I yeah. have a job that says, like, that I teach writing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Theoretically, we should be able to proudly wear a badge that says that writing is tied to our profession in some way. But just as Marissa has said through this whole entire episode, all the stereotypes associated with it make me want to... Bury that badge in yeah. my shirt somewhere so that no one can see it. Absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of people embrace it, and I think it comes down to what you were saying. Like these are the cliches that I saw a writer was when I was growing up, and so now I want to embrace those cliches because that's what I do now. I know what to be because I saw people before me be this, and yeah, sometimes it does really drop somebody into like a false pool um, of of praise, but. What are you going to do?
1: I am a professional writer. I have been a professional writer in some capacity for over like 11 years now. I barely read books. I leave every writing assignment to like an hour before it's due. I fucking hate talking about writing and everyone should die. So you know what? Every writer is not made the same. Yes.
0: And if you love writing and you love talking about it and you live, breathe, eat it, Get another hobby, but that's fine, too. Oh,
1: actually, you know what? Scratch that. I love writing, and I write all the time. However, as someone who goes to school for writing, different types of writing are seen as more prestigious, and I never do the prestigious type of writing because I write for magazines, and I write, like, joke skits, but I don't have a novel. So, I do actually, actually, writing is very important to me, but, but the, the quote-unquote cool type of writing is not important to me. So, nobody gives me credit like I'm a real writer, though I have been employed as a writer more than most people in the fucking program. I'm sorry, this is just me bitching about our writing program.
0: I remember in that, there was one day where I was like, Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard this quote, but I feel like it really encapsulates how I feel about this. Uh, there's a screenwriter named John August and he says, I don't like writing. I like having written. And everybody was like, no. no I don't <laughs> feel that way at all. I love writing. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I like, like looking at the thing after I've finished writing yeah. it. But getting to that point is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I like
1: that. I like that. Yeah.
0: Plugs. Anything to plug this week, Marissa? <laughs> Ooh.
1: Um. I might. You go first. I want to
0: plug a podcast that's going to be really hard for anybody to find because it's not its own podcast yet it was on earwolf presents a few weeks ago i think and it's called dead eyes and earwolf presents used to be this podcast feed where like once a week they would throw in uh like a pilot podcast See if it's gonna stick or not if people want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. But for some reason recently they've been putting in like something like that, and then two days later they put in a thing called Chris Gethard Presents, which is a bunch of Chris Gethard related people and friends who do something each week. And I'm like, why don't they just give this its own feed? Because I'm more interested in like the pilot stuff because I really like it when people try some new stuff out. Anyway, this so that's where this lives And there's an episode called Dead Eyes, and it's about a comedian who went up for a role in Band of Brothers, but was fired by Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks said that he had dead eyes.
1: What?
0: (laughs) And it's about sort of, it's about how, like, rejection can really throw you, like, the whole premise is he was rejected by the most liked and most likable person (laughs) that anybody can think of. And so, you know... Um, to have somebody tell you that you know, like it it sort of makes it difficult for you to go put yourself out there and try again. Um, How does he respond to it? Did Tom Hanks say it, or did somebody else say it? So it sort of becomes this interesting mystery about this experience that he had, and um, yeah, sort of how it affected him, how it affected you know his return to entertainment, and all sorts of interesting aspects to that. Uh, So I think it would make a really cool miniseries. I don't know if it's like a 10 year long podcast project but uh what is it called again it's called dead eyes
1: oh and if you
0: want to look for it um on twitter you could just like look up dead eyes podcast and it's probably the thing that's going to come back but yeah if you're looking for the actual episode it's going to be a little harder to track down i know we record connor ratliff uh recorded two more episodes of it so hopefully it does find a home at some point that
1: sounds interesting okay cool oh i know what i'll plug I will plug... I keep calling it the wrong thing. I think it's called The Black Lady Sketch Show. It's on HBO. By the way, did you happen to see another episode? No. Because I realized... Okay, if you ever do... Remember, I told you the wrong episode first. I told you the season finale. I meant Mm -hmm. the one before the season finale. Basically, it's a sketch comedy show with four black women, starring four black women. I had a very... I like to discuss things with Pete from time to time. And I'm don't really have a handle on whether it is specifically for a group of people or whether it's funny across the board. I think it could be funny across the board. I don't know. It's very, like, I actually had to Google some stuff to get some of the jokes um, because it's very, like, black culture, but it's also, like, female culture. But also I think it's just funny in general. I just think if you want a totally different sketch show, it, it has some really interesting skits in it. The ladies are really funny. I don't know. I don't see that many... I don't see any women of color heading their own sketch show. It was really cool to me. It was particularly cool to me as a lady of color. I'm not a black lady. But I just thought it was really funny. Um, Pete, if you ever do watch an episode I recommended, I would like to hear your honest opinion. I am curious. In the episode you saw, was there the guy who refused to say the word yes or I do?
0: I don't know.
1: Okay. Like, I
0: have to be honest. The only thing that I remember was like the ashy skin. Yeah,
1: that's not no. I, and went, I was Ooh, like, this is a really bad beginning. I don't
0: understand what this is it
1: Exactly, I saw it. And I was like, that means nothing to someone who isn't really brown. <laughs> but if but you like, are brown, I oh, understand. That's
0: crazy. I understood the premise, but I was like, no, but it's
1: not funny. There was it still a part of it where I was like, brown I still
0: don't think this makes sense.
1: No, that wasn't a really fun... That wasn't funny at all, even to someone who's been ashy.
0: But then um, Fox, a few years ago, had that one uh, all-female cast party over here. And all those ladies are hilarious, and the show tanked, like, after three episodes and if you like all the episodes made it up online somewhere and if you keep watching it it gets better but for some reason yeah it seems like sketch shows have a difficult time on that first episode because i don't know if they're just trying yeah. to pack in too much or if they're trying to like toe the line at the beginning so that they can keep people coming back i don't really know what the what the thing is i but thought yeah. that
1: was literally the most alienating again you get the concept but it's not funny like joke to ever start a sketch show with <laughs> i was like wow way to not be funny at all and also like what anyway so yeah mm-hmm. i re- despite the fact that i just said all sorts of things how it might not be funny to black people i recommend it if you want something pretty different than your usual sketch show
0: the other thing is just like poetry with my students i go if you have to look something up in order to understand the poem better that's not always a good thing because you should have like people should be able to relate to your content. But if you have to look something up, I mean, at least you learned something additional while you were trying to figure out this poem. And so, same thing with uh, the comedy. You learned some new things about black culture that you didn't know before.
1: I had That's to not a up, bad
0: thing, guys.
1: <laughs> I had to look up Edges and Hotep. I don't know if I should have did that, but I had to Google both of <laughs> those. But that was really funny. Anyway, um... Yeah, so give us a call at 570 mm-hmm. Um, Go to our Patreon. What is it? Just y'all heard.
0: Y'all heard. Patreon.com uh, slash y'all
1: clad heard. into my DMs at Um, Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Really, if you give to our Patreon and you would like me to read something, no matter how long, in a poet's voice, do, do tell. We have to give to our I'm gonna Patreon. I'm going to put up
0: three page limit for my friend Marissa. She doesn't have the guts to do it. Okay, say, yeah. No then more than three like three <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: yeah. I will either send it to you as an audio file or I will call you. You get to pick.
0: Or if you want, we can just put it up on Patreon for everybody oh, else yeah. who subscribes.
1: I'll just do that, yeah. 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 So yeah, thanks for listening guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.